Welcome back to Card Authority for 2024. It's been well, we're going to be back for 2024 yeah. as well, but back for 2023. It's been a nice little off season there. Obviously, uh, well, I have to blame Minx and Will for messing with the controls. That's why the microphone didn't work. But we've had a good little break. Jenks has been busy. I've been busy dealing with kids. But we are back. Jenks, how are you? Great. And it's good to be back here. Our first episode for 2023. And what I predict is going to be a big, big year ahead. And we'll talk a lot about that throughout the show. But uh, 2022 was massive. I think we signed off last year around this time of Supremacy Rookie. Yeah. We then had the Card Authority in Orgul Hottest 100, which was obviously... Oh, that feels um, like ages ago. It feels like a long time ago, but we yeah. actually haven't even talked really about it. But uh, what an adventure that was. And great to see so many people get involved and participate yep. uh, on the hobby side. Again, if you haven't checked it out, make sure you do check it out. The Card Authority Hottest 100 as curated and voted by you guys. Mm. It was fun. But uh, here we are, a little bit of a summer break. Normally a period where cards and especially AFL dips off, which didn't really happen. Well, look, it I hasn't think happened this time. Burns saying you can't hear sound. Well, there's definitely sound burn. So turn your hearing aid up and we'll have a look at the subtitles, but there's definitely sound. Um, yeah, look, it's been a, an interesting off-season, as we've always seen over the ebbs and flows over Christmas. People are doing other things. They are going you know, on holidays. They're with their kids. They're spending money on all sorts of other things. Yep, sounds working. Thank you, everybody. You know, just burn senior moment. That's all right. Um, but what has been really interesting, we've certainly seen this across, you know, the different sectors of our business. eBay's been really strong. Yeah. There has been uptake in breaks. All the break pages seem to be doing well. Thank you, Pecky. Um, and even Facebook sales, no, no doubt there's a lot of sales threads, but there's a lot getting purchased. Yeah. What's really interesting and what we're seeing is a lot of looking to buy. Yeah. Every day there's a, there's, a, there's a number of people yeah. to buy. And historically, and I've had the conversation privately in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks with a few people, December through to sort of March is normally a really dead period for AFL cards. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about in the past on the show about how it's usually the time of the year where you can start to backlog your much older sets for those team yep. collectors and master set collectors. Um, however, the, the current products like the the quarter three and quarter four 2021 products in brilliance optimum and um supremacy rookie have still been going really strong in terms of the sales so there certainly hasn't been a slowdown which is a really interesting thing and we're also noticing it on the participation side as well so many new names and you can already start to see in the comments here too a few of the the newer guys whose names you're probably starting to notice in the hobby as well so we're seeing that constant flow of new people coming in, but we're also seeing that constant flow of people collecting. Um, but it's just, it made me think of something there. There's, there's a term that we use in um, in gambling called recency bias. Yeah. And I think that there is a, a big factor of that with cards that we're so used to releases coming relatively frequently every couple of months. Yeah. We're so used to the phonetic pace and million sales posts, million breaks, boxes getting open. And then when suddenly that drops off for People a moment, know what to do with no, it's a penalty penalty. Yeah. Oh, it's crashed. It's yeah. peaked. Yeah. Well, no, it hasn't actually done that. Yeah. We've just gone through a really busy month. Well, it's a cycle. It's, it's cycle. a cycle. That's yeah. right. It's a, it's, a, it's a cycle. But what's, you know, you know to, to add to that, what's really interesting is I feel like 
you know, there's no doubt the last couple of years we've seen more releases than we have seen in the in the previous I think years. It was six last year. Yeah, so more releases, also higher quality releases and more expensive chases in terms of releases, more numbered cards, all that sort of stuff. The big topic probably of the last 18 months was this background conversation that's constantly going on about there's too many cards as a team collector, as a master set collector, it's too difficult. I'm going to move into this area. I'm going to play a collect. I'm going to subset collect, whatever it may be. And I think there's a whole bunch of people, certainly not the majority. It's it's still a, a, a significant minority, we'll call it. There's a, a bunch of people who either thought they were getting out of set collecting or paused their set collecting, who I've seen reemerge over the last four to six to eight weeks, now starting to backlog. And I think exactly what you're saying. People get so caught up in the moment that it is like, Oh, the new releases here. Oh, this is too much. This is too hectic. That's it. I'm out. I'm 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 quitting. I'm I'm hanging up the packs. Like I'm done. But then all of a sudden, a couple of months later, when there hasn't been another new release, and people are sitting there twiddling their thumbs, they still want to engage in the hobby, and they begin to realise that what they thought was going to be too difficult to attain, or what they thought was unattainable, is actually really possible. It just needs time, and it comes back to that age-old thing of the marathon not a sprint yeah situation when you're a a set collector and we've always talked about it unless it's a really particular number or a particular really specific card you need to get the second it comes out of a a packet or second someone gets a second it comes out of a break then going the marathon route you'll get there because you you come into these periods where there aren't new releases but people still want to be engaged they still want to collect they still want to spend money they still want to trade they still want to do all these things and as you said like we see it on a number of different angles outside of card authority. We're obviously in the business of trading cards. We have a store, we have an online store, we have an eBay store, we've got the break stuff, we've got a lot of stuff going on. And ultimately what that gives us is a really broad set of optics as to what's taking place in the entire hobby. And when we couple that information, the data we pull from there with what we get out of our community pages, like really good vibes, and we obviously monitor other communities as well, we see the true picture of, the engagement that's taking place and the true situation of the hobby and the market, especially. Can I add to that too, that I think that 2022 was an interesting year above and beyond cards. And sorry, I see everyone's comments coming through. Hello, everyone. Peck, Kane, Jono, yes, no, Ralph Lauren. G'day, Lee, Cameron, Tyrone. Happy birthday, Tyrone. Oh, happy birthday. Um, You know, we have gone through something that has been very out of the ordinary, which was COVID during those couple of years. 2022 there was really an overall feeling in life of just fatigue yeah and i think you know you certainly know i was talking about it towards the end of the year i was just exhausted yeah we'd kind of snapped back into life and i think a little bit of that would have flowed through for people that were trying to get back into normal life and normal routine and card suddenly was not a, a priority yeah so it's really good to see in effectively an off season that people are looking for cards they're filling sets they're doing all those sorts of things and still trying to stay engaged yeah well and beyond afl season yeah absolutely so look and yeah it's the strength of the off season of afl cards we'll call it is really intriguing to me because what does it mean once the new cards start to come out and start to get published crazy um it's, it, it could be even crazier than what it's been. And the indicators are, again, as much as you, you have a vocal minority of people who may have exited or saying they're exiting, 
yep. the constant flow of new people coming in and the scale of their collecting first up as well is really substantial. Like yeah. I, I felt like in yeah. 2019, people used to tell me like, you're a maniac, you're a huge collector, you are making a big splash, you are spending big money on you big cards. But now, relative oh, to the rest, to the rest, well, I, I yeah. certainly haven't slowed down my collecting, but relative to the, the hobby, yeah. I'm just another person collecting cards that, yeah, you know, maybe spending a little bit more than some other people, but there's plenty of people spending the same sort of money sure. and the same sort of time, if not more than, than what I am as well, for my particular And I was thing. a little bit like that too. Yeah. You know, there were, for a long time, people didn't want to spend the money on the Richmond cards and Dusty cards. Yeah. There's plenty of people buying them now. Yeah. And look, we'll talk about some recent sales results um, a little bit later on. 2023, the year to survive, not thrive. It'll be really interesting to see how people, how the cards are priced. Mitch, it's a good point. Um, you know, I guess there's a lot of doom and gloom that people talk about that are coming. So, and I have, you know, I've got very strong opinions on this outside yeah. of trading cards as well. Pretty sure, and Mitch, certainly not discounting what you're saying, everyone said that was going to be what 2022 was like. Yeah. In the summer of 2021, in December 2021 and early January 2022, all we heard about was how 2022 in the next few months everything's going downhill the global economies are crashing our economy is going to crash people aren't going to buy cars people aren't going to buy anything they can't afford anything well then 2022 just everyone keeps spending everything keeps going no materialization of economic crash sure interest rates have gone up hasn't come spending at all yep. spending has not gone down discretionary spending has not gone down christmas sales record levels shopping centers record levels uh, the cost of flying on an airplane and staying in a hotel at an all-time high based on demand. Yep. So the idea that economic doom and gloom, I feel like at one point or another, you can always find someone that's going to say, this is the month, this is the week, or this is the year, this is when it's all going to go down. And people will keep saying it forever and ever, and they've been saying it forever and ever. And they'll be right one day, but who knows when that one day actually is. And the same sort of applies with trading cards specifically. There's this constant notion that, that there are uh, particular mindsets of, oh, the market's going to crash tomorrow. The card market's going to crash tomorrow. I'm not buying a card. It's going to crash. It's going to crash. So it, it's, it's, it's a really interesting one. And look, there's no question there's some people out there that are doing it tough. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, of course. There, there's no question. Of course. But I think it's certainly not a blanket that everybody is. Correct. You know, there is still a lot of money around. And I certainly, you know, as lots of young families do, are following property prices in my areas. Sure, there was a little bit of flattening, but now stuff's buying it, selling it. I had a, you know, a client come in the other day here. He's been trying to buy a house for the last three months. Yeah. Ranges seven fifty, eight fifty. Everything's going for nine hundred. Yeah, can't find any. Can't find any. That, that's so. People are awash with money. The other thing is, I think people get caught up again, not just in cards, but on a general level. People get caught up that they think the headlines that are taking place and what's happening in other countries around the world, it has a direct correlation yeah, to Australia. We are insulated, insulated yeah. especially yeah. with trading cards and especially with AFL cards. Yeah. And um, you know, there was a post the other day on Good Vibes, and it had a lot of merit to it, where someone basically said like. Oh, you know, what, what's the deal with trading cards? Are they going up? Are they going down? Footy cards going up, going down. And there was a variety of different opinions. There were some opinions of, well, the card, you'll never see any cards right now. They won't be more valuable in 10 years' time. There was all sorts of stuff. And after a couple of days, I decided to, all right, I'm going to bite on this post as well and put, 
my two cents in, but my two cents wasn't based on what I think. It was based on an actuality of yep. what was really going on based on what we can see. And yeah, the, the notion that that cards are going down or even that cards are not going up is just factually incorrect. You can always cherry pick really specific stuff sure. and use that as an identifier. And it's the equivalent essentially of clickbait in the media. You yeah. know what I mean? Where at a, at a glance, that's what someone's going to look at and that's what they're going to identify. But once you start to deep delve into it, it's simply not the well, case. Well, you can always find a piece of data to back up any narrative that you want. Correct. So whether yeah. it's a, a card sale price or an economic thing, yeah. you know, there, there is always information that can help you make whatever case you want. Yeah. But look, you know, time will tell. At the moment, there are more people opening cards, collecting cards than there ever have been in the AFL market. Yeah. And the, it's just pure data. Yeah. Like, well, that's right. And the AFL card market itself is very insulated as to what takes place. People shouldn't be making, and I know people like to, but, and I've even been told not to do it as well, don't make comparisons with NBA cards and NFL cards. Different. It's a totally different yeah. thing that has global forces involved. AFL cards are still printed in such small quantity yep. relative to head of population, relative to the amount of collectors, relative to everything, that it insulates itself. It's I'm not going to say it's too big to fail because it's and it's not it's not too big to fail. It's not too small to fail. It's just unrealistic to think that the value of cards just dies. Sure. Because more and more people keep wanting them into the future ebbs and flows there's always going to be those up and down movements throughout different times impacted by the sport itself impacted by economic outcomes and economic conditions at different times but the reality is right now everything points to super strong and probably will likely continue to be super strong unless the publishers do something silly yeah and unless they go to some sort of junk wax thing where they start printing you know fifty thousand boxes of series two yeah it just yeah it's just so small you know the amount of people that are engaged with afl on a fan basis oh, on, an, on an adult level yeah. and a junior level you know releasing eight thousand boxes yeah for a series two release is such a minute percentage of the collector pie in australia totally what's really interesting for me is because it's been this off season, we're starting to see people go and dig through old piles of cards that they had. Yeah. And we're seeing lots of older cards emerging, both like real vintage sort of stuff. So pre-select era, yep. but we're also seeing a lot of stuff from the last, you know, from the late nineties, early to mid two thousands. And you're seeing some of these signature cards pop up and then you see the backs of the cards and you're seeing the numbering of those cards. And, where we talk about people have concerns about dilution, they, they believe perceived dilution is taking place or overprinting in the last couple of years, the print volume is, is, is still a pittance of what it yep. what it used to be. DPSs and signatures numbered to 700. Other signature cards numbered to 1,000. Yep. The largest scale case hits or one in multi-case hits like numbered to 110. Like... People are, are very quick to forget. Time is something that we, we take for granted. And although something may seem like there's a lot available right now in the moment or after release, what can happen in that short period of just two to three years and then what can happen in five to ten years is, is quite amazing to, to you know, what, what, what are limited cards. Yeah, and look, we're certainly moving into a new, as the hobby 
grows and matures and there's certainly more of an element of speculating and there's no more other speculative product than supremacy rookie which we've spoken about for years now that we're not going to see the true value in that yeah, for a couple a of years. Time, yeah. But yeah. I've recently had a client this week, and I'm not going to sort of say what he's looking for, but he's looking for two of the numbers 25 cards for a Melbourne club. Can't find them anywhere. You know, he's relatively new or re, re-engaging again in collecting. Yeah. He's trying to backmaster set. Yeah. He just cannot find these two cards. Yeah. And in the space of, what, 12, 14 months, he cannot track down to Are they the 2021 ones. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 25. Yeah. They're just not around. Yeah, they're not around. And that's so, the thing. Again, you look at them in abundance, and then people, there's a race to the bottom. So they start at 400. Then someone gets one. They want to. They have to beat the person's 400. They list it for 350. Then all of a sudden, people pick him up at 200. Eventually, it hits a price point where all these people have their target prices. Everything cool. gets snapped up, and then it's all gone. Yep. And then 12 months later, you have people complaining. Where are the cards? It's not fair. Why does someone else have those cards and not me? They should be available on the market. Do you know what I mean? And then, again, the, it comes back to that that thing. And trading cards is funny. People are very, very emotional. Very emotional. But people are very connected to something that is is a hobby and collecting is a hobby. And let's re- remove the speculation, remove the investment, remove the turnover and the business of cards. For people who collect cards and do it as an outlet for enjoyment and as a hobby, sometimes they can be too attached. They become emotionally too attached and, and either, yeah, and yeah. either make an incorrect decision or don't make a decision at all that continues to haunt them. You know what I mean? And sure. there's definitely a lot of that. Well, I think the car's too expensive, so I'm not going to buy it now. I'm waiting till it comes down in price because the market's going to crash. And then 12 months later, this is bullshit. I can't find the card. It's not fair. Yeah, It's not fair. You know what I mean? And, you know, everyone has the same opportunity at a given point in time to acquire the cards. You choose to do so or not based on a number of different factors. And sure, some people are more of a financial, financial advantage than others. Absolutely. But... That still doesn't dictate the ability to get a card when it gets released. Sure. So, you know, the slow and steady wins the race. But as I said as well, you can't wait for it. The disclaimer with that is if there's something you really, really want and it's really, really limited in quantity or it's a really particular number, well, sometimes you just have to bite the bullet. And does it seem like overs at the time? Sometimes it does. It is what it is. And we're all probably, well, I'm definitely guilty of it on multiple occasions. And I'm, I, I set tight ceilings. Prices and time well, prices. I, I, I firsthand went through this this week. I've been, you know, I, as you know, I collect the Brownlow booklets. I wanted a Crips Platinum booklet. I had a number that I was looking for. Yeah. One appeared this week, basically at that number. Yeah. It was marginally more, 50 bucks more than my target. Yeah. Just pulled the trigger. Yeah. Because I know a card like that, number to 60, it is hitting the range that I want to buy in. Yeah. They are going to A, disappear yeah. or bounce back up yeah. as soon as the season starts. Yeah. So sometimes you can have a target, but you also need to be flexible to go, well, hang on a sec, I want to pay 500, yeah. but that card's 550. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah. Otherwise look, you miss. Look, it's, it, it, look it, it's it's no secret. You're obviously a big dusty collector. I'm going to put you out on the spot a little bit here. Um, certainly been a lot of conversation and conjecture around dusty of recent. Sure. I'm also really specifically noticing people 
transitioning from NBA cards and other genres into AFL over the last 12 months, you know, are really intrigued by the Dusty situation, because, probably because sure. they're so used to speculation and around sports cards, but on, also instant performance-based movement in pricing on, yeah. on cards. So there's been a couple of really interesting threads recently about Dusty, but there's also been a bunch of Dusty cards coming up for sale recently that we yeah. haven't seen before. Um, you know, the, I'm not going to try and bullshit around this here. There's no doubt that certain Dustin Martin cards have dipped off in price. Yeah. Um, in the last six months, we'll call it, yep. three to six months, you're a big buyer of Dusty cards, continuing to buy at the right prices. However, it's a sensitive, it's a time-sensitive matter. True. I think it's all to do with timing. And we look at what happened last season. Dusty cards started going crazy at the beginning of last season because his performance was super strong very early well, the in the year season. before. Or was, or was it the year before? Was well, so, so he, they won the grand final. When did, when did he, he get, won his third Norm Smith. That's what, okay. And then and, yeah, the that's following right. year. But he was hot. Every, every, but everyone was talking about at the beginning of last season, he was in Brownlow form. Yeah. He was started to shorten from the Brownlow like two weeks into the season. Everyone jumped on the hype train. He got injured. Yeah. And that curtailed everything. Well, yeah, to put, to put in some context, in 20, in 20 he wins the... Uh, yeah, wins the grand final. Yeah. Third Norm Smith, flying. Twenty-one, gets injured. Starts to maybe be a little bit of a flood of too many dusty cards. Yeah. And then in twenty twenty-two, pretty much played three games. Never really got back on the yeah. park. And there was this doom and gloom feeling. Yeah. So there has been some cards pop up recently. And look, there's there's a card in particular. I might as well just talk about it. That's yeah. getting talked about a lot as a reference of how the dusty market has fallen over. Yeah. So there was a showstopper recently that, you know, I've owned a few of these cards. I think the most recent one I bought about a year ago for twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. This card was put up at seven hundred dollars. Yeah. And everyone's like, Dusty's no, nah, Dusty's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Bang! It was snap sold. Multiple people tried to buy it. I saw it before you saw it, and I'm like, I'm going to buy this card for you. That's cheap, right? Yeah. And, and before gone. you could respond to me, the card was gone in an instant with multiple nils on it as well. So there, I'll go as far to say, apart from, I don't even know if the Crips or the Dugowie showstopper, if they basically went to the market at the moment, I don't think they are snap selling straight away. Yeah. So as much as we talk about, yes, there's been a drop-off, it's still a $700 card that is just snap sold with multiple people wanting to buy it. So the demand is there, yeah. but perhaps the hype yeah. has succeeded a little bit more and that shifted some other people. Yeah. Nick Dacos, you know. A a absolutely. Sam Walsh. Sean Dean has just said something really interesting. Let me read it. Let's get it up on the screen. Guys, feel free to get those comments pumping through. We'll start getting them up. What happens screen. if Dusty hits his straps again this season, kicks 80 from the pocket, and Tigers make the finals? Well, obviously, Sean, I'll be ecstatic. Um, but th this is the nail on the head. It's what it, you touched on before. Yeah, this is, and this is the exact thing because. What's happening now is there's so much sensitivity now on a week-by-week -week basis based on player performance yep. and people speculating now about, do I buy the card now because it's the right price because if I don't buy it now, I can't get it in the future type of situation. So the reality is all of a sudden if Dusty comes out, as Sean's saying here, and forget about grand finals and stuff. If he play, imagine he comes out, gets 30 touches, and kicks three goals in an instrumental victory in the first game of the season. Oh, they're off. Yeah. All of a sudden, his odds for the Brownlow start to shorten. Yep. And boom, everyone's onto the dusty cards because all of a sudden 
all everyone's talking about is the goat, the goat, the goat. Human beings have this really short cycle in their mind about everything. We live for the now. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So everyone's just caught up in what's happening right now. And, and that's the really interesting situation here. I don't think Dusty can go down any further than what it is. I think his, his cards, based on his performance, are at the bottom of the market. Right. But I definitely think there's a lot of upside potential. I personally have no interest in his cards. Like, it's not something that interests me. But I, I think it's, it's a really interesting case around a very particular player whose type of cards have outperformed the rest of the market in a massive, massive way. Yeah. Like there was nothing that's ever been close to what's happened with Dusty in the last few years. Yeah. Um, I think long-term wise, you know, whether he has a good season or not, it's irrelevant. He finishes his career. Oh, as, Lee, as Lee, 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 Lee Brown, that's a great question, Sean. Yeah. Great work. Um, Lee just made a good comment. When Dusty and Buddy retire, watch their cards burn. Absolutely. And we're already starting to see a greater desire with the veteran players right. through releases that they're either doing with the Jewel Sigs, yep. the Brilliance, things like that. You know, Lee Matthews, Gary Ablett Sr., Gary Ablett Jr. Yeah, and we're also seeing that transfer through to, to the vintage cards of those same of players. Like, yep. you look all of a sudden, these Tony Lockett base cards and the Gary Ablett base cards, which whatever, people can call them rookie cards if they want to. Yep. We'll call them rookie year base cards. All of a sudden, going from being worth five or ten dollars only three years ago to sales now three hundred, four hundred, five hundred questionable, questionable sales. Okay. But, but there is still increased. There's, there's no yeah. doubt there there is you know questions around some of these sales, and it certainly looks like there could be manipulation taking place in the market. Yeah. But as we've always said, it also takes at least two people to tango when it comes to, to purchasing Absolutely. an acquisition. Yeah. Whether the cards are worth five hundred dollars is debatable. But even if they're selling for fifty dollars, you're talking about cards that were produced in the quantity of hundreds of thousands of units of an individual oh, unnumbered card. Yeah. And 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 it's just it's starting to show that in AFL, it's generally always been about the shiny new thing. Yep. But now what we're see, starting to see is value placed on historical legends of the game. Well, it's it, really starting to happen. It feels like it's hitting, you know, I had a conversation with someone during the week and he's a Hawthorne collector and the the guys that he grew up with, yeah. the Dunstalls, the Brereton's, you know, those guys, now that they're on cards and at similar age to us, they're buying those cards. They've got the money and they want to relive a little Correct. bit of that childhood, Correct. you know, affirmation. Yeah. Um, so I think you're going to see a whole range of players that are going to move. And someone just mentioned Pendles there. Yeah. You know, Luke Hodge is kind of in that bracket, Pendles, Dusty, Buddy, that over the next 10 or 15 years, the guys that are 20 that have sort of seen them go through, they're going to then have the disposable income to then go and want well, to that's right. Those something will things. trigger them. That's right. Something yep. will trigger them to, to be interested in it. Look, the other thing, and in general terms, just again talking about, because there's been so much chat about this recently, is the overall trading card market, if you put footy cards aside for a second, we know footy cards are outperforming every sports card category in Australia yep. at the moment. And it's because it's a local domestic product, so it doesn't have the impact of the international sales and that yep. manipulation and the of volume. international sale, and of course the volume yep. which we talked about. But in general terms, you know, yes, people are talking about oh, the NBA car markets crashed and NFL cards and MLB and all this sort of stuff. People are forgetting 
where things were as recently as 2019 as 20 and 2020. Sure, has there maybe been a 50% pullback on value of some categories and cards since the peak? Absolutely. But the peak was so overinflated that those cards are still 10x, 20x, 100x of where they were in 2018 or 2019. So the health of the market and where the market sits now, and if you look at the, the economic impact of trading cards or the economic output and the liquidity pool and all these sorts of things to do with trading cards, sports trading cards, TCG, all this sort of stuff, it's it's huge compared to where it was a few years ago. And it's so big and has so much investment at so many different levels, it can't it can't just collapse to nothing. Um, and there's oh, just yeah. so much hype. There's so much hype around well, something failing. It's like the hype around, you know, cryptocurrency. Bitcoin's crash. Bitcoin's crash. Pretty sure built Bitcoin's still thirty thousand plus dollars a coin. Yeah. Compared to what it was three years ago, at like three thousand dollars a coin. Yeah. Has it come off its high? Yes, but you need to look in relative terms. And on that note, there's obviously been a very big announcement in the last week. Hang uh, just before we get to that, right? So. Um, Tyrone, I'm going to get to yours in one second. There's obviously questions coming everywhere. Um, George is asking about Jeremy Cameron. Um, look, Geelong. He's a Geelong player. That's starting at GWS. Yeah, and hasn't really, I mean, he's won a flag now, but I don't even know if he's anywhere close to getting into Hall of Fame, but he's probably got a couple of years to prove his worth. Um, but yeah, I mean. Daniel Scher is probably going to be really upset that I'm not saying he's the best. <laughs> but uh, I think Jeremy Cameron has a little bit to prove. But just before you go, Tyrone's got a good question here. And this this touches on a little bit about what I was just saying about the Supremacy Rookie. Any opinion on low print run non-SIG variants from recent releases? Gold Brilliance, Headliners, Black's Footy's Finest. Will they be as valuable as a signature card? And I know... <laughs> Hi, Daniel Scher. Um I know you're always, you know, team signature, but Tyrone, I think it's going to be the situation again that the recency bias that we've seen them all sitting around, we've seen them suddenly go very expensive and then pull back a little bit. In a couple of years' time, you're not going to be able to find these. Well, especially when 25. it's the one card you need to finish a set. Yeah, they're just not going to be. Because even talking about the, the classifieds and stuff, so you think it's numbered to sixty or eighty or well, whatever. Say that. Oh, the, sorry, the Blackfooties Finest. You can't make words up for Tyrone. Uh, Blackfooties Finest. Um, brilliance. The Brilliance, yeah. Yeah, and the um, Headliners. And the Headliners. Yeah, uh, yeah you're just not going to find any of those cards. And again... They just become scarce. It's almost like where there's more there's more value at the moment in the cards number to like 60 or 80 that are selling way under historical value yep. when in a few years' time... There's literally cards selling at the moment because people think there's an abundance for $15 or $20 yep. that people will not hesitate in two years to buy them to backfill sets for a hundred plus dollars. Yep. I know it because I've had to do it with previous cards, which again were probably $5 when they came out at the time. And I've had to pay a hundred plus for them just to get them done for the sets, you know, Brownlow predictors and things like that, trying to fill out those back catalog sets are a great example. Well, we, Look we, at the money you pay for some of the ones numbered to 225. We were talking about this today. There was a dusty 2016 Brownlow predictor that popped up on eBay the other day. Yeah. Was up for ten minutes. Snaps sold five hundred bucks. Yeah, because you can't get them. You just can't find them. That's right. And at the time, it's eight years Someone, ago. someone didn't want to pay sixty dollars for that card when it yep. came out at the time. They didn't want to pay it for it. It was too much. It was too much. But when that's the card you need to complete your dusty set or to complete your tiger yep. set or to complete your brownlow set, 
You've just got to pull uh, the trigger. Paul Minnick's made a good comment. And look, we've talked about this a little bit here. Pokemon is a good example. New releases drop off heaps, but sealed product from every two to three years ago offline. So look, this is probably a conversation for another night, but Adam and I... Well, there's a lot of internal arguments and debate. Yeah, about we've talked about Pokemon a little bit, but this is a... Pokemon is a classic hype release. The hype leading up to it being drop, released is massive. So yeah. pre-orders, blah 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 blah. I, I don't I don't know about the game Pokemon. I don't know. You know, it's fair to say I know absolutely sweet fuck all about Pokemon itself. <laughs> okay, cool. Charizard, I've heard the name before, and a few other things. Well, what's but when I measure our data and I look at the sales data from our businesses, what it very clearly indicates exactly what AJ just said. A new Pokemon release is more valuable in the weeks leading up to the release than it is a few hours after release. Well, for the first couple it's, of months, yeah, yeah, it's like sure. it's it's like the opposite of basically footy cards, yeah. Yep. Where it's all about the hype is all in the pre-order. So all of a sudden, an RRP box that's one hundred and forty dollars, the pre-sale hype makes it a five hundred dollar box. But then two days after it's actually released. There's so much of it everywhere around, it becomes a $140 box. Yep. And then as Paul says, a year or two later, it's back to being a $500 box yeah. again. So you've got to, if, you, if you're going to be in the market for Pokemon, you've got to pick your timing and your strategy yeah. really well and understand what's going on. You need to pre-sell the shit of it, out of it and then be super confident in holding some for the long term. Yep, absolutely. Good question, Paul, or good statement, Paul. Um, this could be a little good segue to where I know you want to go. George, yeah. again, thanks for your input today, George, as well. Will overseas grading of AFL cards increase visibility on the Aussie market? Um, we talk about this all the time. Um, and again, this is probably for another show, but this can be summed up in a really simple, simple term from our perspective. There is no clear data whatsoever that there is an increase in the value of AFL cards once they're graded. Yeah. That's not saying that there won't be. That's right. And that there could and, be. And we've advocated very strongly. Very that, strongly. That we think in the future, yep. as more people transition across from collecting other categories, yep. that there could be a market for graded AFL cards. But because AFL cards, all the good stuff and all the inserts are essentially serial numbered now, it starts to rule out the, the the variance that's created by population from grading. So it's not about population. It's almost becoming about quality where people are just trying to get a perfect grade yep. and therefore it has to come down to who the grader is and that they know what they're doing. And presentation. And, and, and presentation and preservation yep. is the other side of it where people want the card slapped. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so as a result of that, it's really interesting I'm a massive St. Kilda collector. Everyone knows that people are very angry at me after they saw a photo that I had 10 Fraser Gehrig signature cards and all the private chats everywhere and the public rhetoric and it's a disgrace. How can someone have so many cards? Well, guess what? I've got them and it's unlucky that if you don't. Unfortunately, all them yeah, but, you know, but plenty of people were happy to sell them to me to begin with. But anyway, anyway I don't want to get away from that. But the reality is if a card that I want popped up and it was graded, I'm either not buying it, or if I buy it, I'm probably buying it with the intention of actually cracking the slab so I can move it into the rest of my collection. You're not paying a premium for it. Well, I'm definitely, no, I'm not paying it. I'm definitely not paying a premium for it. That's right. Yeah. Maybe in the future I will, but at the moment I'm certainly not paying a premium for it because aesthetically it's not going to work with the rest of my collection. You know, I've got all these glass cabinets, lots and lots of glass cabinets with lots of shelves. I've got one shelf that's different to everything else. 
and it's actually all graded cards, but they're all NBA. Yep. So again, this is where the, the segue is. During the week, there were a few articles floating across my desk and also your desk um, about the big moves that fanatics are making in the US. And for people that are well aware or not aware, and I'll sort of sum this up very quickly, uh, Panini lose their license or finish their license at the end of the year and Fanatics take over the majority of the yeah. US sports licenses. So for those who don't know, Fanatics is a US company. They are a very, very big business that has grown dramatically in the last few years. Originally memorabilia. Well, or, originally merchandise, merchandise and yeah. memorabilia um, so, and, and footwear. Yeah. So they were picking up, what they were doing was they were picking up the licenses with sporting, with, with, with sports brands and um, sporting leagues initially to do jerseys and clothing and footwear and everything else. Yep. Then started to push right into the memorabilia side of things, then started to get involved in the trading card side of things. Their model has been a model of acquisition rather than starting something fresh. So they don't do it new. They just buy the existing operators and bring them under the Fanatics umbrella. Yep. As, a, as a result, in the last few years, they have become an enormous, enormous player in the merchandise memorabilia and now the trading card game. The big famous moves over the last couple of years was they were able to do a deal with the NBA, which involved the Players Association, which basically brought in the players and the clubs as joint venture partners in the future license. Yep. What's being talked about so far, whether publicly on the record or 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 you know unofficial sort of stuff, is that they are acquiring Panini or have acquired Panini and essentially Tops as well. Well, they already own Tops. Yeah. Tops is done. Yep. Um, acquiring Panini, they will maintain most likely all the sub-brands that exist of trading cards, but they become the pairing company of these businesses. And what's become very clear to everyone is they're trying to create a vertical structure where they own all aspects of the industry. So they're the license holder and the publisher. They also control the outlets and the methods of distribution and a number of different areas as well, which brings us to this week's announcement. And they pretty much announced that they want to move into digital media and digital broadcasting and digital e-commerce. And for, around trading cards, yeah. Well, no, yeah, around everything. Around their yeah. whole brands. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us certainly around our age would be very familiar with late night TV shopping where yeah. it runs for a couple of hours and they push. It was big before the internet. Yeah, you know, push you know, snuggies and all sorts of shit. They're looking to do a very similar model where they have engagement, interaction across all their verticals, and that will then leverage off across to breaks. And in sort of very short form, they are looking to put selected breakers either via an app they're going to acquire or via their network to break product. They basically want to own, they want to own the breaks yeah. market. So they are the creator, the license holder, the distributor. They will also become the online retail outlet, which includes becoming the breaker as well. Now, does that mean they acquire breakers or you pay a fee to operate on their structure and then you so get it's products like supply? Luke, there's whatnot. Yeah, there, yeah. There's a, there's a, look, there's, there's similar things that exist, but it's a very interesting play. Whether it all gets up and the Americans are very specific about their anti-competition laws and everything, and it's the type of stuff that has to go through Senate estimates and hearings and things like that. But My certainly, is it's going to certainly there are a lot of people, especially in the NBA and US sports card markets that operate in the business of trading cards that uh, 
are very concerned about the situation and what it means. But then there's also others who are looking at it from the other side as well of how it could become beneficial as well. One way or another, though, it's going to have a, a significant impact on the industry. Well, let's bring it closer to home, okay? So if there was long touted that the way Fanatics were going to distribute their stock in Australia was through Rebel. Yeah. They've already, I think they own the yeah. Rebel stores. They were going to use that as their merchandise and also... Because they do all the basketball jerseys yeah, and everything. That's places right. we can go and buy yeah. cards. So it looks like they will probably move to a direction of having an agent or a... a, a I don't want to say licensee, but almost like a, a representative in each sector, yeah. whether it's North America, whether it's Australia, whatever, that will be funneled stock. They will effectively break it at a fee or a commission. Yeah. And finance and find a way. But see, the, the problem is it takes out all elements of natural market forces and competition. Correct. It kills the competition. And as George just said, based on that info, I find the finance arrangement yucky. And look, I, I, I definitely think it, it presents issues like there's definitely big worries with it at an anti-competition level i think it's a problem at a disruption level it seems to be a bit of an issue yep. um but but I also, I know, how can you control all areas of the market it seems problematic but i also yeah. think too that there's whether it's breakers for afl or nba or whatever people want choice people want variation that's right you know the market will dictate prices if you've effectively got a breaker breaking at a set price it actually almost caps the secondary market because there's no additional demand or there's no forces Absolutely. the supply is then effectively well, they controlled. dictate they dictate they all dictate, aspects yeah. of it and that's a, a real problem um but one positive thing is that shouldn't really impact the afl market in australia because it has nothing to do with what they're doing on a global level yep um however what it is going to do is it's certainly going to push a number of people out of those other categories into AFL cards as well. Absolutely. At a number of different levels. You're going to have level and the consumer That's level. right. You're going yeah. to have it at a, at a collector's level, at a consumer's level. They're definitely going to be coming in. Yep. But we're probably going to see a, a major attempt from uh, breakers of other genres and e-commerce operators in other areas. Yeah, for sure. Try and move into try and capitalize on 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 AFL as well, which is completely understandable. So at the very least, there's interesting times ahead. Well, Burns got a good question. Obviously, above and beyond all the things you do here at Card Authority and RGV, you do own Select. So are you actually selling Selective Fanatics? Look, at this stage, I'm not selling Selective Fanatics. Okay. Um, if that's official? The, well, right now, from my perspective, it's official. But in reality, look, I obviously don't own Select. I've got nothing to do with Select. <laughs> but, the, you know, at, at the end of the day, as much as it's a joke, it's a potential future reality for all card companies and major card businesses. Yeah. Like, it would make sense for companies like Fanatics in each and every major territory of you know developed countries around the world to be acquiring publishers well, their model. and acquiring major operators. It's what they yeah. do. They just haven't moved in here yet. Do we see Select get acquired by Fanatics in the future? Maybe. Do we see Cherry get acquired by Fanatics in the future? Mm -hmm. That probably makes sense as well. It's already happened. Who knows? Like, yeah, it may, it may well have happened and we don't know about it. Yeah. It would make sense for big players. So if you're from Fanatics and you're tuning in now. Give us a call. Give us a buzz. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. We're, we're yeah. that. We, 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 we can work on that. They would be interested in small fry like us. Yes. yes. <laughs> but uh, on that note, look, definitely interesting times ahead. But yeah. again, the one thing it does show is that these very big companies that have big investors, very smart, sophisticated people behind them. See the big picture. And are pushing 
big, big money into trading cards. And well, you what was the not, valuation for next? Oh, got, they're like $30 billion or something. Like but that, they, right? they capital raised $70 million yeah. on like $30 billion valuation. On a $30 million And the reality that's is, insane. and that's the thing, it's not just their money, it's other people giving them the money, other <laughs> sophisticated people providing that money. You are not investing money into a marketplace if you think it's going to fall over anytime in the near future. And the near future is, you're talking 5, 10, 20 years. Like, yep. it, it's to me, the, the the fact that there's conversations taking place at such a high level about this stuff gives me confidence in in stability Look, into the future. Percent, we'll take seventy million. Burn if you can get us a hundred, you take thirty. Yeah, we'll cut you in, burn. That's right. Um, but look, interesting times, but I think exciting times. And once again, you know, we try to, as much as you know, James likes the sound of his own voice. We do try to base a lot of the things we say off data, and that is clear data on an international level that people are putting real money into what they see as upside. Yeah. You know, it, that's beyond the point of speculation. Yeah. That's well, you know something that we don't have to speculate about, AJ? I don't know where you're going. Select footy stars 2023. Oh, of course. That's something we don't need to speculate about anymore, folks. Because we have, computer before. we have some information for you. Ooh, all right. Some information for you. What have you got? I can confirm. And authorized dealers and select authorized hobby stores and resellers have just received some information about the 2023 edition of Footy Stars. Not a huge amount of information, <laughs> but it's some <laughs> real important stuff right here. And the information I have on the notes in front of me and my only notes for this evening are on the 25th of February. That's right, folks. 25th of February. That's, soon. that's like 17 days. That's 17, is it? Something like that. If he yeah, says 17, I'll agree with it. In 17 days' time, we can expect one of this select preview videos. I hope it will feature the lovely Lynn Gilmartin, but so. it may well just be one of their videos of their digital ones. Who knows? Oh, I'm, on, I'm, I'm on strong understanding that the 25th of February select will be officially announcing Footy Stars 2023. We did speculate whether we thought twenty whether we thought Footy Stars was coming back or not. If it was going to be something else, we can confirm here at Card Authority it is in fact called Footy Stars. Is it Footy Stars twenty twenty three? Footy Stars twenty twenty three getting yeah. announced on the twenty fifth of February. It will be the same recommended retail price two dollars ninety nine per packet to be released in early March. So we're going to take that as the first two weeks of March. Well, you can work it out. It's only two weeks after. Correct after after the announcement. So yeah. we're going to say probably somewhere around the 5th till the 10th of March in yeah. that sort of range. And the only thing we can confirm about the product itself is it's there, there will be starter packs and yeah. the starter pack does have a new exclusive insert. Oh, so they got rid of the Starburst? Oh, they just said in exclusive insert. Oh, so it might still gosh. be a Starburst. Oh, I hate the Starburst. See, I like the Starburst, no, but uh, we'll see all about that. But folks, 25th of February will be all the details coming out for the early March release. What are the chances I'll see you on the video on the 25th? Very unlikely, as everyone knows that them, like everyone else, seem to hate me a lot. And I heard that, that yes, there'll be pre-sale breaks burn. All all the the authorized dealers will all be selling boxes pre-sale, all that yeah. kind of stuff. You've got to buy them from all your local places that you usually can. But before we jump off air. Yeah, which we're getting very close. You told me that there was another little bit of information you were going to give me. Straight oh, from the select board meeting. Oh, that's right. So following the many comments, posts, and messages. You're a man of the pen. And everything else about it, 
everyone. You often see the little, well, I'm not an SCC member, so I missed out on that. Or I'm not getting this new product because I'm not SCC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, oh, this is huge. Non-binary folks, however you identify, we are inclusive for all here at Card Authority. I can tell you that in the coming days, Select will be announcing the renewal process as well as the entry mechanism for the 2023 calendar year of the Select Collectors Club, which of course has amazing benefits to it. So if you are one of those people that has been inquiring about it or has been questioning and talking about it, in the coming days, we are we have been told officially in the coming days, there will be all details and an announcement with the mechanisms in place. That's actually a little bit early because it's right. normally after footy starts. Correct. So um, interesting wording you use there, Adam, for the calendar year. Right. Whereas it's normally been after footy stars each year. Yeah, so I presumably, look, oh. I'll be honest, they didn't say anything about calendar year. I just slotted that in myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, but it, it makes sense. I don't know. In my mind, I put it together. That it seems to work out that it got released around the footy stars time and then there was never really a release between the final release of a calendar year and footy stars. Right. So therefore it's... Um, yeah, right. You right. like that. All right, cool. Yeah. Right. Anyway, if it's not the calendar year, it'll cover off whatever the really <laughs> early releases that don't come out until uh, late February oh, each year. That's, uh, that's, ex that, that's exceptional work by you, thank, thank you very much. So, yeah, some good news there. Um, and, yeah, again, we probably also expect um, Team Coach, obviously we expect that to come out again this yeah, year. Normally, normally week the after same, yeah, they normally are around a week after the season starts. Yep. Is that right? That's what they've been in the past. Yep. Um, no news on that front yet, but of course, once we do hear something, we'll, let, uh, we'll let everyone know about that. But um, big year ahead. What else do you think is coming? Well, I, you know, you were saying to me before that you were going to do Supremacy four times this year yeah. and Brilliance three times. <laughs> You're the people, as we say. Look, we don't know, but look, there's clearly going to be Series 2. Hopefully not Prestige. Oh, I hope that. Everyone knows Prestige. that I like Prestige, but I think it's probably done. For those who have been with Card Authority a while, you may remember we talked about how we didn't want to see prestige in 2022 and we did see prestige in 2022 we thought they did a great job over 2020 and 2021 22 would become a bit of a dilution unfortunately we have seen that that is the one standout release where for footy cards where we've seen cards broke my heart. really dip off in value heart. due to due to due to an overpopulation there. you got so that one wrong james i hope that um and apologies to select if you don't like this, but hopefully you're not uh, not doing prestige yep. again in 2023. I think the writing and the feedback was on the wall. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, they, they seem to be very conscious of yeah, what's taking right. place its course, yeah. on socials. It's absolutely run its course. I'd like to see series two. Look, I don't know. We've always talked about how they like to do things in twos. I don't think it's going to be optimum again. It would be. Well, they've done it twice. That's right. They've done it twice, so I don't think it's going to be optimum. We've heard a lot of talk and a lot of Everyone rumors about legacy. legacy. A lot of people talked about legacy. Look, I would love to see legacy as well. I thought legacy was a really good release. However, I always thought legacy was a really good release before things like Optimum started coming out. More dominance. Yeah. So yeah. if they were to release legacy again, it would have to be a legacy on steroids version well, with a lot more numbered cards, a lot more hits. And, and obviously, they can't, and they can't, one of the best things about you know legacy were the future hall of fames. Yeah. 
half of those players are still playing, so you'd have to double up on that. Yeah. And Hall of Fame signatures, what well, I think there's been two or three new ones added. New added to the whole. So thing. I just, I don't know. Look, I just don't see how it, it becomes legacy. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, it's something new. Francis Funk says, I heard National Treasures 2020. All I'm going to say is that there's always a lot of talk about how card companies just basically steal ideas, concepts, designs off each other and everything. So, if Select was considering doing a National Treasures style release, they should call it National Treasures 2023. Nice. That's what I think. That's yep. my two cents. Yep. Magnum, Excellence, Maestro, Maestro. Well, you never know, Tyrone. You can definitely tell Tyrone's a school teacher with yeah. all those. Uh, oh, is he? Yeah, with oh, all those right. words, you can definitely tell Tyrone is some sort of educator. And then, look, Absolutely. you know, obviously there'll be a, well, I hope there'll be a premium release. Yeah. So whether it's National Treasures, whether it's Supremacy, whether it's yeah. Brilliance, there'll be something, you think. Look, and, you know, obviously we've been a little bit of time between podcasts. We're trying to get better and, and more efficient and getting them going. But in the meantime, I'm sure you guys will have noticed um, there's been a lot more happening on the back end with card. Yeah, I've been really busy. A lot of information yeah. coming out with social Dr. media. Thomas Butters from the, the Butters Collection is on board with uh, both Card Authority and RGV and uh, has been responsible for all the digital content that's been getting dropped out over the last couple of months. And it is just a starting point. You're going to see over the coming weeks and even days and Hours probably even right now, you can yeah. have a look on the Card Authority website. There's some major updates have taken place. Yep. We have a number of free resources now available, some good reading opportunities and some really good blog and opinion pieces in there as well that are going to continue to come out. As always, we appreciate your feedback. We appreciate your support. And we certainly do take it on board and a lot of what's starting to, to come out now and our intent to get more content out to you guys is is really by request. So keep that feedback coming. Let us know what's, going to, what's good for you guys and what's going to make things easier and especially for all those new people who are starting to enter the And this has been well. a journey. As there's been lots of people going on the card collecting journey, this is a journey from us. People that have been followers from when we used to do this in our spare rooms yep. with really, well, still shitty Sim lighting. But similar setup. Yeah, yeah. similar setup, but slightly <laughs> better lighting no, no, now. No neon lights. Um, you know, even back to our RGB businesses where we certainly did them in your back room that was 45 degrees with no lights. Pushing that right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's been a fun journey for all of us and we're constantly trying to obviously do things better for you guys, but also because, again, we are collectors. We want the information as well and we enjoy immersing ourselves. So thank you everyone for the support not only over the years but tonight as well and into the future big year ahead big year ahead we're excited get excited yep. unicorns will be back you know i've been a bit slack on unicorns but i think you know as i was saying to janks the communities now and the networks you know everyone is so accustomed now of chasing unicorns and helping each other out yeah it's, it's we're struggling to find we need people to submit more unicorns at the moment yeah because we've sourced so many of them yeah, and people, we're, we're finding it hard to get any new ones to put on the list. So yes, make sure you get through. We'll focus. A McDowell's t-shirt, good, good pick up there. Bernie. And a uh, great call there, Cameron. That is a very, very good recollection, Cameron. So yeah. remember when you started the podcast on SoundCloud? Mm. That's because no one else would accept our podcast at that point yeah. in time. And do you remember like, you guys stripper made, yeah, background? That's right. That's right. But all it's of really you good people have made us so popular now that we're Apple, Apple and Spotify oh, and all these people are happy yeah. to have us. So uh, thank you. Thank you to you guys. And uh, without you, we wouldn't have been able to keep this going. And as oh. I said, we look forward to a big year ahead and a lot of growth, not just for Card Authority, but for the, for the hobby. hobby and the hobby yeah. in general. All right. Well, stay safe. Stay safe. Thank you, guys. Big month ahead. We will obviously be back in a couple of weeks once they 
um, announced footy stars. And look, we're going to try to get back every couple of weeks now for you. But thank you for the support. Take care, Jenks. You've been sensational as per usual. Thanks. <laughs> Ciao, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye.